have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Ric Flair. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work and got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. And Ric Flair, you put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard times. And we all had hard times together. I admit I don't look like the athlete of the day supposed to look. My belly's just a little big. My hand is just a little big. But brother, I am bad and they know I'm bad. And there were two bad people. One was John Wayne and he's dead, brother. And the other one's right here. Nature Boy Ric Flair. The world's heavyweight title belongs to these people. I'm gonna reach out right now. I want you at home to know my hand is touching your hand for this gathering of the biggest body of people in this country, in this universe, all over the world now. Reach it out because the love that was given me and this time I will repay you now because I will be the next world's heavyweight champion on this hard time blues. Welcome everybody to the Wrestling House Show. Thank you very much everybody for joining us. My name is Joey. My name is Chris. Alright Chris, it's Time to go back to the future to 1985 right. once again. Yes. It is the granddaddy of the NWA at this point, the Starcade. Mm. Uh, they haven't even really started putting out the uh, Great American Bash pay-per-view yet. I think they held some Great American Bash shows. They just didn't close circuit them or anything okay. like that. Yeah. So we're still in the NWA's sole closed circuit event for the year. This is the third, if I'm not mistaken, now the third annual Starcade. Yes. Yes. Yeah, this is November 28th, 1985, Starcade The Gathering, actually. <laughs> yes. But it's a couple of gatherings. It should be called The Gatherings or something, because it takes place in two arenas. Yeah. At the Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. And they kind of flip back and forth, like each match takes place in one and then the other. It's kind of hard to tell. They don't even say where they're going. And yeah, they, they, have... never, they never say it, really, yeah. uh, when they go back-to-back. But after a while, it's kind of obvious for some reason. I think one crowd's better than the other. And right off the bat there, you, you say that about the two arenas. And then a few months later, you know, we talked about in the past how even WWE will say that Starcade begat WrestleMania. Right. So Starcade 85 begat WrestleMania 2. And not just because they did yeah. another one. But because they went with two arenas, yeah, and WWE had to, or WWF had to up outdo them. They did three. Yeah, they so, up yeah. they up the ante. Yeah, God, I still said that probably had to be one of the biggest nightmares. Yeah, in broadcasting history, I'm like, sure. Ugh. Plus, they had to get like a celebrity guest for each one. Yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah, table, yeah. match card. Yeah, we'll uh, 
we'll break it down. I think uh, we talked about when we were watching this, what arena would you rather have been in? We did that on WrestleMania 2, yeah. which you will hear later on, or at least uh, as a repeat, as part of this whole series yep. of what classic matches you should watch. Um, so let's just get down to it. Sure. Chris. Yeah, the call on this show is Bob Cottle and a young Tony Schiavone. Yeah. And they have a backstage interview where Johnny Weaver, who looks like a <laughs> cat clock at times, he's like, I think you compared him to like uh, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes at, at Mania, just because of the just the awkward looks that he, he just like kind of they kept the camera on him too long and his eyes would dart back and forth and then he'd like lick his lips and <laughs> there's one guy that's like doing like stage manager stuff probably like yeah. pointing to him yeah and on the other side of the camera there's a guy jingling keys right <laughs> that's, that's what's going on with johnny yeah. <laughs> but yeah he's going to not be a big part of this show because no. i think initially they're like oh we'll kick it some interviews over to him right and he gets a couple in and i think they kind of realized after a while oh, let's call it a night yeah <laughs> right so, <laughs> but the first match on the show takes place in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, it is Sam Houston versus Crusher Khrushchev. Yes, and two guys that will share very few pay-per-views together. But off the top of my head, I could reference Survivor Series 88. Mm. They were both part of that card. Okay, Not yeah. the same match, but uh, that's close yeah. enough. I think there's... Going to be maybe only a handful after that. Maybe yeah. I can remember that as time goes on, but I probably won't <laughs> yeah. because it's I'm in the moment right now. But, right. Uh, you know, a good old U.S. of A. country boy taking on a American guy that defected to Russia and, yeah. and Barry Darso, a.k.a. Crusher Khrushchev, a.k.a. Smash, and a.k.a. Repo Man, for those mm. of you in the cheap seats. Mm. And we're going to have, a, you know, I, I like this. I like the pacing of it. Good kickoff match. Yeah, it was fine for a kickoff match. It, uh, I thought it was a little kind of slow at times, but it got better as it went along. And uh, it, by the way, this is for the vacant Mid Atlantic title. Ah, which, yes. yeah. So is it kind of for, it's kind of an afterthought. The title was because neither one of them was the champ going into it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was. I mean, it was it was fine. It was it was a good opener. Yeah, both crisp, decent workers, yeah. and and it got the crowd into it, chanting USA and whatnot. Oh yeah, all I got to do is throw Russian in there, yeah. and in the, the, the '80s, and it's gold. You right. know, we we kind of tend to do the same thing over and over. We repeat history in pro wrestling, and oh, yeah. that's that's fine to a point. Yeah, to a point. But yeah, Russians '80s, you know, yeah, right. That that'll get the, that'll get the crowd pumped, get them ready for a big show. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with this. I've seen worse opening matches. Yeah. So. Oh, well, yeah. Of course. <laughs> there was like I think at one point there were Khrushchev did like a press drop and Sam Houston just looked like he died. Like yeah, he yeah. fell to the mat. And he just didn't move. It's it's it was like a backdrop and yeah, like he didn't. It's like he actually got in his way yeah. for the landing. So he yeah. had nothing else to do but just go face yeah. first. It almost seemed like he was going to do a backdrop. And then the midair, he had to change his mind. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. But but super fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> he got about 10 feet up. Right. So Yeah, and I liked the finish, too. It was a, it was a cool, like, a, it wasn't, like, super spectacular, but I liked the way they did it for, like, the heel uh, aspect of it, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we won't spoil it. It's a finish that you don't ever see. Like I, I can't think of another match that did this kind of a finish. Yeah. So it's neat in that uh, respect. So we won't spoil it, just in case you want to watch it yourself. Sure. Nothing else to say? Let's yeah. go to the next match. <laughs> uh, next match up is a Mexican death match, which in the strange uh, 
lexicon of this show, like nothing is what it seems in this show, it seems. <laughs> Whatever they call it. Yeah. It's like they got the thesaurus out. Like, right. Well, what else could we call <laughs> <Yeah>. this? <laughs> so they bill it as a Mexican death match, but what it really is is a sombrero on a pole match. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I think Vince Russo got trashed for doing this match sure. because he <laughs> called it that, literally, I right. think. Yeah. <laughs> or it was like a tequila bottle on a pole match. Right. Something weird, yeah. like pinata on a pole. That's what it was. It yeah. took me a minute. <laughs> I, I really just tried to forget that. <laughs> But yeah, and of course, you know, going in, we have the participants, as you're going to say. Yes. Go ahead, Chris. It is Abdullah the Butcher with his manager, Paul Jones, versus Raging Bull. Yes, Hall of Famer, Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. And, of course, you know, Manny Fernandez yeah. has the advantage going into this match. And you know why, Chris? He's Mexican. Because it's a Mexican death match. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why they called it that, so it's automatic baby face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and believe it's his hat too. Yeah, it is his yeah. hat. So uh, the right to the hat. I remember. Yeah. I think Russo also booked a leather jacket on a pole match. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, like I'm going to keep my leather jacket, right? Or you can take it from me. Yeah. But enough about Vince Russo. I will yes. not represent. It's like saying Macbeth in a theater. I feel like I'm just going to fuck the whole show up by right. saying Vince Russo's name, but. You know, I I, I want to say that Abdullah was bleeding before the bell even rang here. He had a big something on his head. It was kind of hard to tell. Yeah. But it was like a big open wound, it looked like, already. He wasn't bleeding, but it was a big red thing on his head. Yeah. And so, basically, this match was the start of the cascade of blood that is this show. And, yeah, both uh, Raging Bull and Abdullah just... Ab- Abdullah really, like, he got his head touched and that thing... Basically just opened the floodgates, and he just gushed all over. It's like Abdullah had worked that afternoon, like in another town. Right. And they got it closed up enough, but not to where you couldn't see it. Right. Maybe that's it. It it couldn't have been that incident with the fan at the beginning. Speaking of possessions, a fan took his... uh, his turban, or not his turban. What do you call that thing that, that, that Abdullah likes to wear? Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm showing my ignorance of the culture, but uh, yeah, the, the 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 thing that Abdullah would wear on his yeah. head when he go to the ring, a fan yeah. actually like yoinked it out. Yeah, and there was a bit of an issue there. I'm sure that guy got thrown out. Uh, maybe so, it's the eighties. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> but yeah, if if you don't like blood, you're not gonna like Starcade '85. Right. I'll probably say that multiple times, but. Yeah. This is a blood show. There, yeah. Not only will, will there be blood, there will be buckets of yeah. blood. We'll do a tally at the end. For, yeah. Oh, yeah, we for do. Those keeping score. We do have a tally. So what did you think of this match, Chris, for what it was? Uh, for what it was, a Mexican death match hat on a pole match. I think it was all right. Yeah. I mean, That's my favorite would... of, of the hat on a pole matches that I've ever seen, <laughs> yeah, actually. I think, I think mine, too, actually, yeah. <laughs> Out of sombrero on a pole, it is tops for me. It, it it's exactly what you'd expect. It's two guys hitting each other in the head so that they bleed. Yeah. Although there was like raging bull monkey flipped Abdullah. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. I've never seen two things I have never seen in my life occur in this match. So I I would have to recommend this as a watch just on <laughs> just principle. for that. Yeah. yeah. Abdullah gets monkey flipped, and Abdullah gets suplexed. Yep. Two moves I've never seen ever. Yeah. So so that gave it. Bonus points just for that. Yeah, and another reason I need to recommend you people out there to watch this match is that I've been wondering for at least over 20 years now, what is that thing that Abdul likes to use? Mm-hmm. Is it a fork? Is it a piece of bamboo? I don't know. 
but he uses it all the time, and apparently it's really, really sharp. Yeah, and Bull got stabbed in the junk at one point in the match. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so, so there's is that. that all, is that all you need to yeah, know? I mean, that's all you yeah. need to be told to watch this match. Right. So, so watch that match. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so next up is there's also a lot of uh, strange or I guess it's kind of extreme rules like Starcade slash Extreme Rules '85. Because yeah. the next match up is a Texas Bull Rope match, which is the rules of this. Because I know some bull rope matches don't you have to like take them to the corner? Yeah, you do the four corner yeah. touch, and this is not that kind this of. This is just a pin match. There's mm-hmm. a bull rope with the the cowbell on it, and if it is Cowboy Ron Bass versus Black Bart with J.J. Dillon as his manager, and if Ron Bass wins, he gets five minutes with J.J. Dillon in the ring. That is such an 80s gimmick. Yeah. Uh, it's a tried and true formula. It always goes over well with the fans. Yeah. People will pay a ticket to see their favorite right. bad guy manager get potentially beat up right. for five minutes with no interruption yeah. and no shenanigans, but that never happened. But it almost guarantees that the babyface is going to win. Like, yeah. Even so, if he doesn't get his hands on the guy, yeah. it almost guarantees that he's going to win. Yeah, because that does keep the storyline going. And Bass yeah. and Bart are former tag team partners at this yeah. point, and it, this is the big blow-off breakup match, or yeah. at least the probably the culmination of the right. feud if i had to guess i mean this freaking match it's yeah. just once again bloody as hell and another thing that's super weird it has to be a first for me i had no clue that this ever happened is that ron bass was ever a baby face yeah that kills me yeah ron bass is legitimately the first wrestler i ever hated <laughs> and just to see him get cheers yeah it, it, it makes me feel like i live in an alternate universe right. when i see things like this but it happened yeah this match, I um, was not thoroughly entertained. Yeah. I think some of this, and this is, we might get into this at some point during a lot of these random shows, is that since we didn't follow the story, I don't have a memory of the story because I right. didn't see it when it happened. Yeah, the match really doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, and it's just, bam, drop. Yeah, punch drop. Well, this is like we were talking about like pacing, like kind of making a joke about it while we were watching it. <laughs> but Ron Bass has the cowbell. He has the cowbell in his hand as the bell starts the match. Yeah, and he immediately hits Black Bart in the head, and he immediately starts bleeding, like <laughs> right out of the gate. So you're not building up to anything. It's just it's just a match of two guys basically trying to hit each other with a cowbell yeah. for however long the match ran. Yeah, because I started doing a parody of uh, the grizzled vet that that always rags on the young kids nowadays. Yeah. These kids don't know how to pace a match out. Right. They don't know psychology. And then the first first move, hit the guy in the head with a cowbell. Yeah, <laughs> and bust him open. It's like, okay, <laughs> These well, where are you going to go from there? Yeah, exactly. That's, what, that's where they're going to go. They're going to do it again. Yeah, and again. And again. And again. And again. Yeah, so I, I I can't really recommend this match uh, as a watch unless you're just a fan of violence and blood and it, even you want to see J.J. Dillon wear a suit shirt. Right, that's yeah. That's about that it. t-shirt with the suit, yeah, printed on it, yeah. Yeah. That's about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. That's the best you can, incentive you can get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. And that's that, that market for that is probably extremely low. I would imagine so, yeah. <laughs> so... Once again, weird seeing Dylan manage like ruffians and cowboys yeah. at this point still in his career because I just know him as the uh, the the patriarch of right. the four horsemen. You know, I thought it, I did think it was funny though since they're both from Texas and they build that way. Like Black Bart was introduced first, I believe. Yes, and it was like from Texas, blah blah Black Bart, and then from the great state of Texas, <laughs> yeah, Ron woo, Bass. Yeah. 
the same state. Come on. Homerism on the but announcer. The, right? But from the same home? Yeah. Yeah. From anyway. the super duper terrible, dirty, racist right. state of Texas. <laughs> Black part. Right. And from the awesome yellow rose Independent. state. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Freed the slaves. <laughs> anyway. All right. <laughs> anyway, speaking of uh, stipulation matches, the next one kind of confused me a whole lot. Oh, this one right here. Um, it starts off as a arm wrestling contest between the Barbarian with, once again, Paul Jones as his manager mm-hmm. versus superstar Billy Graham. Ugh. Looking nothing like another... Super popular guy. Yeah, later on. Yeah, and to be fair, Graham did popularize that look. Yeah, but you know, when when guys like us see Graham back in the day, it's just Hogan. Yeah, right. you know, that's all we can see. Yeah, uh, you know, clothes wise, it's Ventura, but yeah, yeah. everything else is Hogan. Yeah. It's just a hybrid thing. But but yeah, so we were getting super pumped for this arm wrestling match because that's <laughs> always tell- like the best part of a show. I gotta tell you, boy. Oh yeah, but there's like all this money on the line, which I'm sure they got. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear about a guy getting twenty grand or something for an arm yeah. wrestling contest, like I'm sure he went home with that check. Yeah, I'm sure he did. And but yeah. that was that was only the first part of it, though, because oh, yeah. apparently, like <laughs> this was a three stages of hell for us match. <laughs> yeah, but it only lasted two stages. But it was uh, an actual match between Barbarian and Billy Graham. So Which, it, it, it transitioned weirdly. From the arm wrestling contest into that, with like the arm wrestling had no bearing on it either. There was no like, if you win, then you get your hand tied behind your back or something. It was just yeah. here's this thing, and now here's this other thing. But it's money. Sure, it's all, it's all about the money. Yeah, right? I guess. Yeah, we were saying if they were going to do a three stages of hell, they could have done the arm wrestling, did the match, mm-hmm. and then have a contract signing afterwards. Right. <laughs> Legit. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, don't watch this match. Yeah. Don't watch either of those matches. Yeah, this was kind of a, a low point in the show. And it, it gets better. It does get better. Yeah, Barbarian probably can't be more than a few years into his career at this point, so it's the youngest I've ever seen the Barbarian. Yeah. So that, that's all I can say about that, at least. But next up is the national heavyweight title match between Buddy Landell and the champ Terry Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Well, now we're going to, if you uh, want to get into some wrestling on the wrestling show. It's finally here with this match. Uh, you know, classic heel and babyface match. I was excited about the prospects of this match after everything we have just seen yeah. on this show. And uh, they didn't let me down. They put in a good match. Yeah. And it's hard to elaborate without spoiling. Right. But uh, once again, Dylan is out there yeah. as Buddy Landell's manager. Yeah. And. It, it was a nice... I, I really dig the finish, without spoiling. I yeah. really gotta say, the finish is really cool on here. I do too. It was well done. I think... I mean, you've seen it before, but it's it was it was really well done, and it fit. Yeah, they, the they tweaked it a little bit, yeah. you know. So, I, I'm sure it was done a lot more maybe back then, but I never see this finish anymore. Mm, so, yeah. it was a welcome thing to see after, once again, after buckets of blood that have already happened, yeah. and we still have more to come. Yeah, it was a big contrast, and I think that helped the match. Like, yeah. its placement on the show after all this, like, oh, what are they going to do next? Like, <laughs> what crazy stipulation are we going to have next? And it's just an actual wrestling match. And, yeah, I think that helped it, too. Yeah, and I've only seen a handful of Buddy Landell matches in my life, and the Buddy Landell that I knew was a guy that was a little bit past his prime, and he was jobbing in WCW Clash of the Champion matches, so I you know, I didn't really know what to expect. I was hoping for a good wrestling match, but i got to say, this is the best Buddy Landell match I've ever seen. 
So on that kind of a principle, I do need to recommend it, especially if you... You probably have a Terry Taylor reference if you're listening to this, at least. But if you don't know much about Nature Boy Buddy Landell, this would be the one match so far that I could recommend to watch to see what he was like in the ring. Yeah, I for that reason, yeah. Overall, I might say it's okay, but I don't know if I would have people like seek it out but yeah for that reason i think yeah it's it's a good match to watch yeah so whenever i, I come across things like that i will say that's kind of a non-principal thing so yeah. and there's nothing wrong with the match at all it's yeah you know it's, it's a very good television main event you know right i was gonna say it's not completely remarkable but it was it was good i yeah. enjoyed it yeah very good point all yeah. right all right next up is another there's so many titles like they're confusing we were well, confused as we were like, yeah talking about it but like you were saying the in, yeah, and the NWA was multi-territorial, yeah. and a lot of these titles would stay in the same place, and when you had a big event, like a Starcade, yeah. you bring all the titles in and have them right. defended. All the territories together, yeah. so it does end up being a ton of ton of bells. But yeah, It's um, a shame that World Class can get their title up there for a lot of the Starcades. That would have been kind of cool to have a World Class representation, but that's just the, the Texas guy and me. Yeah. So, anyway. But it is the National Tag Team title... With the challengers Billy Jack Haynes and Wahoo McDaniel, who happen to be the U.S. tag champs, whose yeah. belts are not on the line, mm-hmm. versus the reigning national tag team champions, the Minnesota Wrecking Crew of Arn and Ole Anderson. Yes. A team you've heard about, a team that has been copied over the years, and anytime I see those guys come out to a ring, I'm like, ah, I'm going to be entertained, because yeah. I am a fan of classic scientific yeah. textbook tag team wrestling and the Andersons will not let you down in yeah, that respect. But you also have to balance that with Billy Jack Haynes on the other side. Yeah. Yeah, we love Wahoo, but yeah, yeah Billy Jack, he's he's gonna darken a lot of these shows. Right. And uh, <laughs> for really not a whole big reason other than he was put together and somebody saw a potential world champion. Yeah. Which was not to be, but yeah. Mr Mr. Oregon will be on a lot of these shows. Yeah. Uh it it was really like showing like almost like a, the realistic aspect of pro wrestling at that point. Yeah. Like, here's the U.S. champs, and here's the national champs, and we're going to show you why national is better. Right. So, yeah. I think even on paper, people would realize, I don't think the Andersons are losing this match. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they just, it, there wasn't a whole, I mean, like, Wahoo got some stuff in, and Billy got a few things in, but pretty much it was just the Andersons outclassing them on every yeah. level. And so if you want to see that kind of a clinic, then I could recommend it. But yeah. it's, it's not the greatest thing I've ever seen. I would say pass, because it's, I I had hoped for more seeing the Minnesota Wrecking Crew come to the ring. Yeah. And it was okay, but it I think the other team does kind of bring it down yeah. to the level where I'm like, you could probably find better matches with the with the Andersons that you should probably watch instead. Yeah, it's it was like a segment two on Championship Wrestling Saturday Nights. Right. <laughs> but hey, you know, there's a place for that, too. Yeah. <laughs> All right, but next up is another title match. This is the U.S. title match, and it is a what they called it a fence match, didn't they? I think yeah. Jack Weaver called it that. Okay, so <laughs> it's for the U.S. title. Takes place in a cage, but it's an I Quit match. Yes. So the stipulation is that the wrestler has to take the mic and get the other guy to uh, say I Quit into the microphone. Right. It is Magnum T.A. versus the reigning champ Tully Blanchard. Yes, and without spoiling it, because I really, really, really don't want to spoil this. Yeah. The thing that's really funny is they have the mic out for the I Quit thing the whole time. Yeah. 
I love that because I could make the mic really hot right now. Right. If I if I was going to impersonate all of the nose and everything, yeah, yeah. it's super funny. It's yeah. just like it's like a horror movie, like yeah. stock screams, right? Like, like super distorted, and on that, that's really the only funny part of the match because yeah. everything else is like super duper violent. Yeah. But I thought it was funny that the finish actually did not occur on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, you could hear him. You just heard it. Yeah, yeah, there was no mic. It was pretty. It was obvious. <laughs> it was by, obvious. by that point, yeah, because mm-hmm. obviously this was this was the return to blood because the previous two matches hadn't had any. Yes, and they, it returned in force because it was it was good. I mean, yeah. it's you have to like a certain style of match. You have to like the because it, it really felt like a grudge match, but you mm-hmm. didn't need to know the backstory. To feel the grudge between these guys. Yeah, and that's where magic happens. Because yeah. I, I never got to see... I was I was about a year and a half before I became a fan is when this happened here. Yeah. So I, I, I know of Magnum. I've seen Magnum. I didn't get to see his career at all, but I've seen him yeah. now in, in retrospect. Of course, we all know Tully Blanchard. He's a freaking Hall of Famer. Yeah. But, yeah, it was just there from before the bell even rang. You just yeah. felt it. It had a big match feel. It, it, it didn't let me down at all. Yeah. I could see why. I mean, this has to be considered an instant classic since the moment it aired. I mean, yeah. it's something else, and it's one of those things where it's yeah, super-duper violent, but you can defend it as uh, one of the arts of wrestling because, man, whew. <laughs> uh, yeah. Watch this match. This, this is definitely the a huge recommendation. Right. I would so, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, uh, it's... Um, can't really elaborate too much on it without giving it away. Yeah, but I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, and I could see why Magnum TA was being groomed to be a world champion. He mm-hmm. had the crowd in the palm of his hands. Oh yeah, in the same respect on the other end of it, that Tully had the crowd in the palm of his hands for completely different reasons. Right. But man, oh, I mean, if uh, it, this seems like they've probably feuded for the whole year, and this is what came of it. So yeah, so it seems uh, like. this is this is where I would be that old guy and say they don't build feuds the way they used to. Yeah, and this is this is how it ends, and with a, a massive bang and not a whimper. So yes, watch it, watch it, watch it. <laughs> Agreed. Everything you just said, I agree. Yeah. Next up, we're getting towards the end of the card, but this is a street fight. With the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette as their manager versus a very odd team. Um, Probably the weirdest team ever yeah. <laughs> that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, We've had odd couple tag teams before, but something about it seems to make sense. I guess. Yeah, I mean, it kind of works. Uh, it, <laughs> Who is that team, Chris? <laughs> it is Jimmy Valiant. Was he billed as the Boogie Woogie Yeah, man? the Boogie okay. Woogie Man, yeah. yeah. Uh, teamed with Miss Atlanta Lively. And their valet, I guess, Big Mama. Sure. Who we thought, like, because it was so well lit in the arena, you right. could tell who everybody was, yeah. being facetious. Thought it was uh, Sensational Sherry for yeah, a second because she has the big, like, puffy black hair, and yeah. she kind of had the face paint and stuff same on. Face paint, same kind of dress, same, yeah. you know, so yeah. I so from, that... from a distance, if you squinted, it, it, you could mistake her for Sherry. So, had to cheat and Google the Miss Atlanta Lively to find out that it was Rugged Ronnie Garvin and Drag. <laughs> and, first of all, I have no idea how this came to be. I couldn't find anything on whether he lost a Loser Leave Town match or something, but for some reason, Ron Garvin and Drag. <laughs> I would think Terry Garvin and Drag before Ronnie Garvin, <laughs> right? but that's a deep cut. Yeah. Uh, but moving on, 
uh, I got flashbacks to the Patterson Briscoe evening gown match. Oh. Thankfully, it wasn't as disgusting as that. Yeah, why'd you do that? <laughs> oh yeah, I just put it in your head, didn't I? <laughs> I'm, I am, I am so sorry. Uh, but yeah, and you know, I, I get excited when the Midnights are on the card. Uh, no matter what version it is, this is version two actually. And they show up like they're ready for a night out on the town of going to a Broadway show. Yeah, they're all in. <laughs> that was yeah. They're all in tuxedos like Cornette and uh, Midnight Express. Uh, Dennis Condry and Bobby Eaton. They're all in tuxes. So I'm assuming they call it a street fight. So obviously it's a tuxedo match. That's yeah. what I'm thinking right away. Yeah, it looks like yeah they're not in jeans or anything. But yeah, I, mean, I think that's because that's how Cornette dressed. Yeah, uh, a lot. So they were probably just showing some solidarity yeah. there. Like, hey, wouldn't it be neat if we did this? Yeah. That's probably a cornet thing right. I would have to guess. But there was no uh, different meaning to street fight. It was just a no-rules match. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, pacing. Right off the bat, powder in the face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right off the bat. It's not a long match either, and that's probably yeah. for a good reason. Yeah. Because that's the building that's going to get the world title match. Yeah. But, yeah, just, you know, I could recommend... You know, thirty other Midnight Express matches that you should watch before yeah. this. It's, it's just kind of a big mess. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of aspects. Yeah. Visually, it's not fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so unless you have that inner dialogue going, you know, I wonder what it would be like to see Ronnie Garvin and Drag. <laughs> right. If that sentence just popped in your head and you meant it, then go watch the match. Other than that, I can't and, recommend and, it. And, yeah. and there might be something else you should worry about if that sentence came into your head. Maybe yeah. so. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, there's anything wrong with that, but yeah. No, but yeah, Ronnie Garvin specifically, like, okay, like. Yeah, okay. it's like the Al Bunny thing. I like to think if I was, I could do better. Right. But <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, moving on. Next up is the second to last match on the show, and the last one that takes place in Greensboro. It is a no DQ match for the NWA World Tag Team Titles, taking place in a cage. Same cage from the U.S. title match. Yes. It is the Rock and Roll Express with Don Kernoble as their friend or whatever yeah. out there versus Nikita and Ivan Koloff with Crusher Khrushchev on the outside. Yes. and The Russians are the champs, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Again. And, yeah, I was, uh, definitely want to put it out there to people that may have only heard about the Rock and Roll Express in the last few years or maybe even seen them out on the uh, autograph circuit or anything, but... In their day, they were the shit. Like, Rock and Roll Express, super fun to watch, great scientific tag team wrestling, definitely paved the way for those teams that you enjoy, like the Rockers and the Hardys, and much respect to those guys, because yeah. they, they invented that genre of tag team wrestling. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's a perfect fit. You got the big bad Russians, and then the big, big baby faces. Yeah. And you put them in a cage... I'm sitting there thinking, this doesn't need a cage, but maybe because of Crusher, it did need a cage. I'm right. thinking maybe that's yeah. what probably kept them from getting the belts all all those yeah. times. So it, I guess it does make sense. And they used it well. It's violent, and there's cage, you know, there's a lot of cage throwing, you know, to yeah. the head and everything, and it does get bloody, but it's not over the top. It works right. well, I think. Yeah, they is, still wrestle their kind of match. Yeah. But so, added elements, like a little bit of violence here in, in the cage, but it was still like a Rock and Roll Express match. Yeah, and so it really works, and once again, without spoiling the finish, I really have to highly recommend this match. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see, for you guys out there, where these are going to rank, because I, once again, be just redundant and say, go watch this match. It's it's a probably one of the great tag team matches of the 80s. So. Yeah. Go seek this one out for sure. 
a lot of high energy in it, and I like the Russians. Like of, every time I see them, I, I like like the way they they work the ring. Yeah, and uh, like you were saying, you were you were waiting for something specific to happen in the match that you always see in a uh, Rock and Roll Express match, and they kind of flipped the script on it. They so, did, yeah. they did actually. Yeah, and I, I won't uh, spoil that either. And it's also good because on the previous Starcade, I believe it was the previous one, Nikita was very new at that point. Yeah, you could see how much he's improved. Oh, yeah. Just a year later, yeah. uh, on top of the world with those tag titles. So, yeah, uh, really dig the call-offs. Another, another great tag team that people have forgotten over the years, and they yeah. should seek them out as well. So. Definitely. Yeah. Great finish. Yeah. Super uh, yeah, cool like finish. You don't, you don't was, see that cool. finish anymore. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, somebody ought to rip that off. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then that leads us to the main event of the night taking place in Atlanta, Georgia. It is the world title match. Dusty Rhodes challenging the champion Ric Flair. Nature Boy Ric Flair, two Hall of Famers, and a world title match. Can you go wrong? I mean, last year it did. Yeah. Starcade 84. Right. But will it be better this time, Chris? What is the answer there? Yes, it was. It will be, and it was. Yes, I completely agree. This is one of the classic Flair Rhodes matches. Yeah. And. Not spoiling the ending on this one either. You could call it either way because they definitely traded titles back and forth between each other. Traded a lot of wins and losses over the years. Just sit back, uh, grab yourself a half hour, watch this match. You get to see why Dusty was so great, why Ric Flair was the man back in his day. Yeah. The 10 pounds of gold is on the line. It's, you know, I feel like I'm readers digesting this, but, you know, it's... <laughs> well, yeah. You know, it's hard to elaborate. There, there's some there's there's good psychology. This is one of those old-timer where they are, right? It's good psychology, good pacing, all that That's stuff. That's what I was going to say, is that we were talking about pacing early in the show, especially, like, starting with that bull rope match, like, giving stuff away right away. And obviously Flair and Dusty aren't going to do that, but this is just, like, a textbook of how... Especially having seen what we saw on the show prior to this, and then seeing the contrast of these two guys that know exactly how to pace something and how to work like an injury into the match to where it means something and to where it builds to something, and of course they did that really well. Yeah, because the story going in is that this is the Horsemen haven't become an official unit yet. They started hanging out this year. And, you know, Flair were calling these guys to help him out from time to time, and that's, you know, where it came to be. These guys helped Flair break Dusty's leg, so that's what they're going with this year. The big story going in is that Flair broke Dusty's leg with the help of his buddies, and this is going to potentially be Dusty Rhodes' big revenge on Ric Flair. What better way to get revenge than take the man's title? Sure. It it plays itself. I I was even joking, this might have been a night off, for Flair and Dusty, in the sense of like, not that they were off, but right. like, it's it's more it's more of an easy night for them because they're probably used to doing forty five to sixty minute matches yeah. on the road. This was a half hour, yeah, so they're probably like, oh, it's it's already over. Okay, right. <laughs> yeah, let's just getting started. Yeah, let's go out to the bar. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely, yeah, stick this one out. You probably tell by how we talked about these matches, at least what the top three matches are. But what order do they go in, Chris? Well, Joey. There are ten matches on this show between the two cities, and ranking in at the bottom of the barrel, number ten is, of course, one of these strange gimmicky things that just didn't make sense as we were watching it. It is the arm wrestling slash wrestling match that ends with stuff, and it's the Barbarian versus Billy Graham. Yeah. Yeah, not a... Yeah. 
Okay, let's just go to number nine. <laughs> it's the perfect review. Okay. Um, coming in just above that at number nine is the Texas Bull Rope match of the guy from Texas and the guy from the great state of Texas, Black Bart versus Ron Bass. Yes. Just because, yeah, I mean, if you like blood and guys getting hit with cowbell, if you need more cowbell, go to this match, <laughs> but otherwise I'd avoid it. Yes, it's a Christopher Walken on a pole match. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd watch that, actually. Yeah, yeah. just just for the yeah. story. Um, ranking in at number eight is the Midnight Express versus the strange dancing team of... I don't know how to explain it, really. I can't think of anything clever there. It's Jimmy Valiant and Miss Atlanta Lively with Big Mama. Yeah. If if, if you like the fight scenes in the original Batman television series, you're going to love this match. <laughs> right. I have expected everybody just to start breaking into dance together at right. some point. So. The Batusi. Yeah, the Batusi. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Coming in at number seven is the opening match of the night, so you can already tell we're getting better, because we had good things to say about this one. Sam Houston versus Crusher Khrushchev. Yes. USA versus back in the USSR. Yeah. And coming in at number six is the match that followed that, is the Mexican death match, sombrero on a pole match, Abdullah the Butcher versus Raging Bull. Yes. Mostly, it got the bonus points for the things we talked about, the monkey flip, the suplex, and the... For an object to the balls. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So if that's your thing, watch that match. Yeah. I can't can't hate on it. I just, I can't. Yeah, no. I I like Abdullah the Butcher matches. Yeah. Yeah. He's a man. He's a very nice man, too. Yeah, he is. I don't want to spoil his gimmick, but yeah, he's a nice guy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Coming in at number five, halfway through the show and the card, is the national tag team title match of the Minnesota Wrecking Crew versus Billy Jack Haynes and Wahoo McDaniel. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, that one did pretty high. It kind of squeaked uh, past that Abdullah match. Yeah. Do you want to flip that one now? or uh, Nah. Nah, I keep it? Still, yeah. Okay, wrestling wins out over violent yeah. wrestling? Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah. yeah, and Arn Anderson. Just for Arn Anderson, it, it garners sure. that. Sure, yeah, get some little bonus points for sure. that. Sure. Arn Anderson always looked like that. It, right. It's, it's yeah. amazing to He's me. He's never not looked like that guy. Yeah, still to this day. Yeah. He's like ageless, but he had to remain a certain age his whole <laughs> right. life. It's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, you can live forever, but you have to look like you're like 58 yeah. for, the, for your entire life. <laughs> you just look like someone's dad. Yeah. It's great. But you're going to be a hell of a wrestler. Right. Hell of a hand. <laughs> yeah. Coming in at number four is another title match, the national title Buddy Landell versus the champ Terry Taylor. Yeah. Another one that was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah. But it wasn't as good as some of the other ones. Yeah. Vintage, good guy, bad guy, scientific match. Right. But some cheating. Right. (laughs) And coming in in the top three at Uh, number three. And yeah, definitely, like I said, I said the Buddy Landell one to seek out for Buddy Landell. Yeah. But these three, now we're getting into that part where we put the little big, huge, bold line under these matches. These are... The ones you must go watch right now. If you aren't interested in watching the show top to bottom, mm. then at least watch these matches. I just wanted yeah. to really reiterate that. And they're mostly all clumped together, so you can just like watch the end Second of the show, half. really. Yeah, yeah. The end of the show. And it might surprise some people, I don't know, maybe not by the way we talked about it, yeah. but coming in at number three is the main event of the night, the world title match of Ric Flair versus Dusty Rhodes. That, that to me, can be probably the only instance ever where, in someone's opinion like ours, mm-hmm. that that match would fall lower than three. Yeah. But that's just how it fell for us. So, yeah. shocking to some, but, uh, Maybe. yeah. 
let us know if you have a different opinion. Sure. We'll tell you at the end of the show uh, on how you can do that. Yes, we will. But coming in at number two is the match that preceded that. It is the No DQ NWA World Tag Team Cage Match Rock and Roll Express versus the uh, Nikita and Ivan Golov. Yeah, and we debated this heavily over yeah. what was going to be number one and what was going to be number two. And it was super close. Probably in the whole time we've been doing all of these 80s shows, Chris, I would say this was the most debatable number one, number two. I agree. Uh, so, yeah, that can only mean number one is... Number one is the U.S. title cage I quit match with Tully Blanchard versus Magnum TA. Oh, like I said, instant classic. Yeah. Those top two, maybe even three. Yeah. Instant classics. Must watch. And, man, after those first two Starcades, I gotta say, this is where business picks up. Yeah. And Oof. I think you can see it, like, as the show progressed. Because the first half, I was like, all Here right, go again. Like, let's, get, let's get through this, and eventually we'll get to something good. But then the second half of the show, I was like, okay, yeah, like, I'm into it. It's, yeah. It's all right. So I expect, like, more shows will have more of the second half than the first half. Like, it'll eventually kind of... Yeah. Shift. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just on kind of a extra note here, I kind of pondered internally and outward the whole time, like did was Vince and, and his cronies did they go to a close circuit of this? Did they get a tape of it? Like they must have you, seen it. You gotta say like they had to at least all gotten together and watch this at yeah. some point. What do you think they were thinking? I mean, you have you, there's no way you can't be impressed yeah. by those top three matches. Yeah. And to the point where, yeah, they obviously saw the show because of the Molto Arena yeah. aspect. But, like, what's the mentality, I wonder, is he like, oh, that's too violent? You know, in a sense, like, maybe overall the show. Yeah, right, you could yeah. definitely argue the overall show is too violent. Yeah. But those main events that are just better right. than the average violent match, like, I mean, obviously he never really went there. Yeah. But, like, do you think maybe it's like, oh, that's what they do. And that's and we're gonna do something else, but like, uh, yeah, you know, I kind of see he, that. I kind of see it like that. I think he would probably see like, okay, I like this, I like this, I like that guy, I like that guy. Oh yeah, and, he's definitely taking notes on yeah, who to who to steal. And how can I <laughs> turn what they did into what I do, but make it better? Yeah. So I, I just wonder, like, because I, I can't imagine even someone like a Vince McMahon can't watch that I Quit match and not be like, that was very oh, compelling. Yeah, for that sure. was. You know, and I'm sure he would have gone for Magnum if Magnum hadn't uh, yeah. ended his career early. He got totally he had like look down that list, man. A lot of those guys you'll start seeing on our WWF review shows, even just like a year or two from the timeline coming from where it is now. Oh yeah. So it definitely he obviously saw the show, but yeah, yeah. I just I would just love to have been a fly on the wall. You know, I know that's yeah. cliche, but watching those matches, like what would they what would they say? What's going through their minds? I, I love that all yeah. that behind the scenes yeah, stuff. Definitely. So. It'd be cool to hear an interview with Vince talking about strictly that, strictly stuff that he didn't do, yeah, and like what was his, what were his inspirations? And yeah, yeah. See, I think he'd be honest about it at this point. Yeah, if I got him, in, if I cornered him, if I got him like in an elevator, right. I know Andy's had that opportunity a couple yeah. of times. But if I ever got him in an elevator, I'd probably ask him about that kind of stuff right. for sure. If I, if I didn't freeze up, you know. Yeah. So. <laughs> All right, so yeah, overall recommend the show. Chris, what city would you rather have been in? I know this is probably uh, an obvious question now at this point, but which one are you attending? Oh, Greensboro. Yeah, Easy. Me too. Yeah. I'll right there with you. Yeah. So, God, ringside seats, probably 20 bucks tops. Yeah, because Greensboro had the the Blanchard TA match, they had the Rock and Roll Express and versus the Russians. 
uh, Landell and Taylor, and that's really all you need. Those yeah. are like the those were the three main events, or the I would call consider them three main events. Oh for yeah, the show. yeah. And another thing, a better crowd too. I mean, like yeah. not that Atlanta's not a good wrestling town, but the Carolinas, you see why the Carolinas have that rep because yeah. they were just louder, they were more into it. But yeah. of course, obviously, they also got better matches. Yeah. So, all right. On that note, that wraps up Star K eighty five. Got. Tons more of these shows to do. Basically, a network watch guide. I don't know yes. what we're calling this, but yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, you know, this is obviously on the WWE network. You can watch at your leisure, edited songs and all. But at yeah. least the matches. Right. I got to hand it to him for not editing the show. Yeah. Like yeah. it's rated mature. It's one of the right. few things I have dialed up that said, "Wow, an MA rating, huh? Right. What are we gonna get into here?" So it's there. Go check it out, and then let us know what you think about the show, Chris. How can they do that? They can do that by going to a number of different places, cnjradio.com for the Wrestling House Show and our family of sites hosted on cnjradio.com, including Joey's, Rock Strikes 10, Randy Brown's The Synaptic, and my occasional Last Theater. And linked from the .com is the Facebook page where we you will probably be able to get to us the quickest and most direct route. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you can try to email us, too, but I'm probably never going to see that. So just message us through Facebook if you want to yeah. get to us. Sounds good. All right. Everybody out there, join us on the next one. Subscribe to the feed and all that good stuff, and we'll keep doing them for you. Bye. Bye. Bye.